Did you know that the most basic way to split a church is to focus exclusively on what you want and then do what you have to do to get it? Hey, maybe you like praise choruses and you don't like hymns. Or maybe you just only want hymns. You don't want any of new worship music. Or you like verse-by-verse preaching rather than topical messages. Or you believe no church should go into debt for a building project. Well, my friend, can I tell you, there are some ways that you can split your church. I'm going to be talking about those today. And we'll identify some things that you can do if you want to split it. And we'll look at some ways that you can unite it. I'm Rex Bullock, and this is Dayspring. Hey, it's going to be an interesting time. We're going to worship together and just talk about some very interesting things. So come on in. Welcome to this edition of Dayspring, the 30-minute broadcast that will both inspire and uplift you in your Christian walk. Hello, everybody. I'm Joe Alcorn, your program host. And on today's edition, Rex Bullock is going to educate you on how to split your church, part one. Along with the message, we've got great worship music for you, and I hope you enjoy this a cappella version of the Victory Chant. I will praise you all my days. I will praise you all my days. Perfect in all your ways. Perfect in all your ways. Hail Jesus, you're my Lord. Hail Jesus, you're my Lord. I will obey your word. I will obey your word. I want to see your kingdom come. I want to see your kingdom come. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Glory, glory to the Lamb. Glory, glory to the Lamb. You take me into the Lamb. You take me into the Lamb. We will conquer in your name. We will conquer in your name. And proclaim that Jesus reigns. And proclaim that Jesus reigns. Hail, hail. Lion of Judah, hail, hail, Lion of Judah, how powerful you are, how powerful you are, hail, hail, Lion of Judah, hail, hail, Lion of Judah, how wonderful you are, how wonderful you are, how wonderful you are. And thank you very much, singers. Thank you. Well, Rex is standing near now for his weekly visit and also to tell you more about today's special message. Rex? Thanks, Joe. Wow. I always enjoy being with you. I enjoy these times together. This is a worship service. We meet around the world or from various places around the world each week. And uh, we have been doing this for many, many years. And it's so wonderful to meet with our friends and family, the family of God, nothing like them. Today, I'm going to wade into some territory that uh, may sound a little bit different, 
and it will seem perhaps a bit strange. But I'm going to talk to you about some of the situations that are happening all across the country, throughout North America and, quite frankly, around the world. See, I have the opportunity of visiting many, many churches over the course of a year. I speak in a different church practically every week. God has allowed our ministry to uh, not only reach around the world via radio, but also through evangelistic crusades, through uh, conferences with pastors and their spouses, through various sorts of retreats, uh, Bible conferences, prayer crusades, etc. So I meet a lot of different people. I'm finding something interesting. In many places, the body of Christ is hurting. It's in pain. There are a lot of churches that are undergoing some uh, traumatic days. It's amazing what they're in trauma over. Some of them are very minute things. Some are pretty big things. They have never learned how to resolve conflict. And so I've been uh, gathering, collecting, thinking, praying, looking at a number of these things. And today, as well as next week when we meet together, I'm going to talk to you about how to split your church. You say, Rex. No, I, I'm I'm very serious. And I'd like to hear from you. I, I want to know, uh, as we get into this, I'd like to know your own thoughts. That's why it's important for you to uh, call or email or just let us know that you're there. Because we're talking about some things that are very dear to our hearts. and You know, our families are extremely dear to our hearts. Uh, those kids that God has given to us, wow. You better be careful about what you say about each of our children, simply because they're close to our hearts. And it's the same way about our churches. They're a part of our family, the family of God. So, naturally, we feel sensitive about those kind of things. But if I could only recount to you the hundreds of times throughout this past year that either pastors or pastor spouses or lay men and women or church leaders of various sorts have unburdened their hearts concerning situations in their own families, their, their particular community of believers. It, it would take a long time. I don't think we could get it done. And uh, some of the situations just uh, kind of boggle my mind. I suppose I should be surprised, but I'm really not because I've been hearing it and knowing it for a lot of years. Does that mean that uh, it isn't Christ's church if there are problems? Absolutely not. It's the body of Christ. But you and I, as human instruments, need to know how that uh, we can, together with fellow family members in the body, bring help and healing and uplift and strength to his church. And so I'm going to be talking about that today. Now, I mentioned I want to hear from you, and I really do. Uh, This is important to me. So make a note. If you would like a copy of the remarks that I'll be having, email me uh, or uh, call. Uh, You can write. And Joe Alcorn will be giving you all of those addresses. But please do that today. And then we're inviting you into our website. Uh, You know, 
people are getting kind of back in the groove now. School has started back again, and and uh, we're sort of uh, settling in. We have a beautiful website and uh, many resources there. And as you order resources during this month, we're making available those resources at a 10% discount. That means anything, whatever it says there, uh, you'll be able to uh, deduct 10%. We want you to come by. We want you to uh, browse around, shop, as well as find out more about Dayspring. Uh, order our newsletter and mater- prayer materials. Become a regular part of this ministry, okay? www.dayspringradio.com. That's our website address, and uh, we want you as just a fellow traveler with us. Okay, i got to get moving here because we want to worship and praise some more, and then I'm going to be sharing with you this valuable and vitally important topic. Thank you, Rex. Say listening, friend, as part of our goal to get good reading and listening material into your hands, you can now visit our web store on the Internet at www.dayspringradio.com. And this month is especially a good time to browse because we've discounted our resource materials at 10% off. And if you'd like to just email Rex, just key in rex at dayspringradio.com. All other correspondence can be mailed to Post Office Box 56300, Portland, Oregon, 97238. That's P.O. Box 56300, Portland, Oregon, 97238. And you can also call us here at Dayspring at 1-800-783-DAYS. Well, listening friend, as you know, it takes financial support to keep this ministry going from week to week. And we would appreciate it very much if you'd tuck in an offering. And by doing that, it's a vote to keep Dayspring on the air teaching God's standard for holy living. Well, I'm anxious to hear what Rex has to say about church splitting. Let's listen together. Here's Rex. A church in the southern United States no longer exists, due in part to an incident that took place in the church kitchen one Sunday afternoon. Now, here's the scene. A new family had arrived to take part in their first potluck luncheon with other members of the church. And the aroma of the casseroles was absolutely wonderful. Baked beans, uh, tater tot dishes, (laughs) green bean casseroles. My goodness, the whole thing. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. And and those smells wafted throughout the building. And the unsuspecting new uh, person, uh, the wife, cheerfully brought her red gelatin salad to the kitchen and then headed back to the fellowship hall to join her family. The moment the pastor said amen at the prayer, the hungry parishioners just politely charged for the serving line, (laughs) and there were dozens and dozens of dishes to sample. Where's our salad? The woman's husband asked innocently. There must be some mistake, she said. I'll find out what happened. And she reached the kitchen door in time to witness the queen of the kitchen, ladling the last of her salad down the disposal. What are you doing? The newcomer shrieked. That's my salad. And without batting an eye, the woman looked up and said, You're new to this church. You'll soon learn that we use only whipped cream here, not cool whip. 
She hit the switch, my friend. The garbage disposal rumbled and gurgled and sucked the salad right down the drain. Now, that one incident started a significant church battle that escalated into an all-out war. And that church no longer exists. It's over. It's done. And it started with one incident that seems, hey, I mean, doesn't seem like it ought to shut down a church, but it did. Now, it illustrates the first of ten secrets in any church conflict. All of these I have experienced. All of these I have seen. I've witnessed. I've heard about. Many of them multiple times. So I want to give you some of them today. And when we worship again, I'm going to give you some more. Here's the first one. Okay? You want to split your church? Here's the very first way to do it. Focus only on your own desires. The Apostle James in his little letter, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. Oh, my goodness. There it is. Sticks its ugly head up. And the most basic way to split a church is to focus exclusively on what you want and then do whatever it takes to get your way. Now, maybe you absolutely love the praise choruses, the new kind of worship, contemporary worship. Ah, you just can't stand the old style hymns, the stodgy organ. I mean, it just feels 300 years old. You don't like that. You like the new. Maybe it's the flip of that. Maybe you love those hymns. They're solid. They're they're devotional. I mean, what a wealth of theology. And they're it's it's real music instead of flippant words, you think. And so you're gonna have your way, whichever way it is. Huh. Or maybe you say, Hey, expositional preaching is the only way, verse by verse, right? I just start right in. That's the way I like it. That's the way it's got to be. Hmm. You don't want anything topical. You don't want any stories. Don't give us any pablum. So, wow, there it is. Or maybe you say no church should go into debt. I mean, if we can't do it, out of the funds that we have available right now, whether it's the the new educational wing or the new gym or the new family center or remodeling the church, then we're not going to do it. We just won't do it. Maybe that's a big thing for you. Or maybe you're saying, hey, if we, we did it that way, we'd never have a building. Now, All of those things are things, my friend, that really tend to divide people. I mean, we get all worked up about any one of those kinds of things and hundreds more. Now, there's nothing wrong with expressing differing viewpoints on any of those issues. 
The problems begin when we elevate our personal convictions to the level of absolutes. It's when we insist on having things done our way and our way only. That's where factions start. That's where they begin. So the very first way you want to split your church, I can tell you, focus only on your own desires. I'm going to do it my way. Second thing. Ah, this is a biggie. Listen to every criticism, whatever it may be. I mean, it's just, uh, that's one of the main ways to split your church. And the next step in doing it is to give credence to every kind of rumor, every story or criticism that you happen to hear. The morsel of gossip doesn't have to be true to be destructive. In fact, nine times out of ten, it won't be true. You just have to treat it as though it's true. Hmm. Pastor told me some time ago, he said, you know, word spread around our church that I owned very expensive imported furniture and that we wouldn't have anything else except that which came from the very finest salons. (laughs) He said, I'll tell you how imported the furniture was. It was imported from the top floor of the local store in the mall where they had all the closeout items. (laughs) That's where it was imported from. Now, it was a small, silly rumor. It eventually died out. But I'm telling you what happened. It carried a very sinister suggestion. It introduced the notion that the pastor was living in luxury at the expense of struggling parishioners. He gave people the idea that here's a guy that's a cut above. He's living way up here, and we live down here. And this very fine pastor said to me, one trip to our home could have dispelled that notion right out. All they'd have to do is just come in the front door, and they would see. You know, Solomon, perhaps the wisest ruler ever to live, made this observation. You can read it in Proverbs Chapter 26, verse 20. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Rumors need oxygen to catch fire. And if you deprive them of a listening ear, they quickly die out. But if your goal is to split a church, you need to keep circulating the story without ever verifying its accuracy. The longer the rumor circulates, the more emotions become inflamed, the more groups will form stubborn opinions, and the more hurt can be inflicted on innocent people. So the very second way to split your church is to listen to every criticism. Harbor it, believe it, pass it on. Yeah. Okay, you got one and two? Let's look at the third way to split your church. Focus on your pastor's weaknesses, not his strengths. Focus on the weaknesses. (laughs) You ever read Farside? Oh, my goodness. I've read that for years. For whatever reason, it catches my attention. One of my favorite Farside cartoons shows two deer standing in the woods talking and a large circular target appears on the front of one of those deer. And the other one says, Bummer of a birthmark, Ralph. 
<laughs> well, in a sense, can I tell you something? Every pastor carries a large target right on his chest. I mean, he can quickly become the focal point of everything that's wrong with a church. Pastor on the West Coast tells of a woman who arranged for an appointment in his office, and she brought several typed pages of complaints. Spelling errors in the bulletin was one of them. Uh, Dates and times when the office phones went unanswered. Uh, Blunders that were made by whichever pastor was making the Sunday morning announcements in the service. Okay. Now the pastor's eyes glazed over as she is presenting these. I mean, are there are there really people out there, he wondered, who make it their life's ambition to keep track of all these things? <laughs> Pastors are human, which means they, they make mistakes. But infallibility has never been a part of the biblical job description of a shepherd. And the writer of Hebrews understood how difficult It is to be a pastor, and that's why he wrote, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Can I tell you something? You'll find no advantage in continually nitpicking, fault-finding, criticizing your pastor unless your goal is to divide and to demoralize your church. So, the third way to split a church is to focus on your pastor's weaknesses and not his strengths. Let me give you one other. This is important. You want to split your church? Speak the truth or practice love, but never combine the two. You say, what? Well, let me explain. Now, if I wanted to undermine the spiritual health of a local church, I wouldn't begin by introducing false teaching or false doctrines. No, there would be people right off the bat, mature people, of course, who who would quickly spot that problem. Instead, I would either emphasize truth or love, but never balance the two. Let me give you an example. Pastor Danielson was so concerned about keeping the peace and offending no one that he rarely called anyone to account. I mean, if volunteers handled the financial affairs in a slipshod way, he didn't say anything. He didn't want them to quit. If a Sunday school teacher led a questionable life, Pastor Danielson wasn't going to say anything. He, 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 just, he just wouldn't confront it. Love, not criticism, is what builds a church, he reasoned. Well, over the years, problems accumulated like junk in a hall closet. You see, audits were never done to ensure proper handling of money. Parents were never called to investigate their concerns about the sponsors working with their teenagers. Staff members were allowed to run their own fiefdoms with little or no accountability. And because Pastor Danielson wanted to be known as a lover rather than a fighter, he just walked away, decided to take another church rather than face the backlog of problems. And the pastor who followed him never knew what hit him. 
the accumulated problems spilled over like suds from a washing machine in an old I Love Lucy episode. So, okay, Pastor Jacobs comes along, and he thrived on confrontation. Uh, He hadn't put in a full day until he called someone on the carpet. His sermons sounded like scoldings. He berated people for their lack of faith and their lack of prayer and, and working in the church. And he said he was preaching truth. But to many people, he came across as just being angry. And when the church voted him out, Pastor Jacobs felt like he was betrayed. See, what he didn't realize is that he had trained his people to be sharks. Churches that emphasize love to the exclusion of speaking the truth will eventually collapse on themselves. You see, the weight of unaddressed problems and conflicts will will bring the ceiling down eventually. And, on the other hand, churches that pound hard on truth but fail to see the value of love will eventually devour each other. What's the solution? I'll give it to you. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4. The scripture plainly tells us, instead, speaking the truth in love, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. I have some more. I'm going to give those to you the next time we meet. I told you I want to hear from you. I really believe, my friend, that there are ways that churches are being torn asunder. Bodies of believers are being hurt, absolutely hurt, to the point where innocent people are feeling awful pain, and some of them walking away. Not only walking away from the church, but walking away from Christ. Now, my friend, can I tell you this? God never intended it to be like this. And we're going to be talking about how you can be a builder and a lifter and not a splitter. Ah, would you pray with me right now? Let's just believe God. Let's just pray. I, I, I want that God's kingdom should prosper and grow and have health and healing. Let's pray that it'll be so right where you are. Father, thank you. Thank you for wonderful men and women who comprise the body of Christ who are fitly joined together. I'm asking, Lord, that you will heal heartaches, that you will take situations as small as they may initially seem in a church, but those situations grow and fester and become terribly painful. God, I'm asking that you will just touch them right now May they sense the help of God. May they be healers. May they be lifters. May they be builders. May they strengthen the cords and not break them asunder. We pray all of these things in the strong name of Jesus. We love you. Amen and amen. Now, my friend, I'm looking forward to being back with you next week. I want to hear from you. Let's communicate together this week. All right? Goodbye now. 
Thank you very much, Rex. Well, listening friend, next week, part two on how to split your church. And undoubtedly, Rex will cover the subject of how not to split your church as well. In closing, I want to give our mailing address, Post Office Box 56300, Portland, Oregon, 97238. And our toll-free telephone number, 1-800-783-DAYS. Also, for those who are online, our web address again is www.dayspringradio.com. Well, thank you for listening today, my friend, and I invite you to join us again next week at this same time on this fine station for Dayspring. How wonderful you are. How wonderful.